Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You're about to listen to another proud presentation brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off of your order. Wallop and web snappers. My spider sense is tingling. Anybody else's spider sense tingling? Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made. I'm Doug. And I'm Derek. And is your spider sense tingling? Yeah, and it's telling me I'm going to take a spaghetti bath. Oh, <laughs> Oh, wow. To listen to this show, find us on 4 and wherever you get all your podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustration, and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. And of course, we'd like to take a quick moment to thank our spectacular spaghetti bath patrons, <laughs> Bo, Carl, Eric, Katie, and Jason. I love I'm this preparing energy. a spaghetti bath just for you all right now. But you do all have to share it, so... I hope love, that's okay. Love this weird energy that we're getting starting <laughs> off with. It's been a long day, and I'm very yeah. excited to talk about what we're talking about today. So it's a great combo. Yeah, I uh, truly, I genuinely don't know what your opinions are going to be about this episode, and I'm really excited to. know. I think that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I yeah, think that makes a lot of sense. Have no idea what your reactions are going to be. I'm so, I'm so. I don't really know what my opinion is yeah. actually. So. I mean. <laughs> Some of it I might be figuring it out, like figuring yeah. out in the moment, because yeah. I think I've had. I, yeah. There are things I like. There are things I don't like. You know. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. There's uh, there's there's some very particular things I yeah. actively very heavily yeah. dislike. So so we'll see. Yeah. We'll see where things fall. Yeah. Yeah. If you would like to watch the episode, we are going to discuss uh, <laughs> probably in depth, deeply. Uh, you can find it on Disney Plus. Yes, you can. The episode we're talking about is Ultimate Spider-Man Season 1, Episode 12, entitled Me Time. Spider-Man, to find out your every secret, I must capture you. More observing, Octavius. You waste my time, you squander my money, you try my patience. I think it's time I pulled the plug on this little science project of yours. You know I have the means. What do you think? Or patience, or a simple kaboom. Do not treat me like a child, Osborne. I'm almost there. Trust me, I will bring him in myself. <laughs> What's so funny? A shut-in scientist who can't even wipe his own mouth. Well, without those tentacles, at least. Sundown, Octavius. No results, you're off the payroll. Permanently. He called me a shut-in, prattled on about my uselessness. I hope he can see me now that I have you. First of all, who is he? And second of all, you don't have me! I am the twilight of your creeping existence! He should have trusted me to capture you. I should have trusted myself. Oh, this is magnificent. Oh, ah! Ah! 
You're coming with me. Over my dead body? If you insist. I never understood the joy of hunting down another living creature. But you have taught me. The synopsis per IMDb is, After a fight with Whirlwind, Spider-Man insists on a weekend off from Nick Fury and S.H.I.E.L.D. Unfortunately, Dr. Octopus... Excuse me? Well, he chooses this very time to attack Spider-Man when his job is threatened by Norman Osborn. Bad time. Can I just say... Yeah, uh-huh. That... Uh-huh. I normally don't read the synopses prior to watching the episodes because I can oh. usually get away with just hitting play on the next thing. Sure. Uh-huh. But for some reason, I read this one. I don't even remember why, but I read this one and I read it at work and like had to contain my excitement because it wouldn't have, like having to explain to my coworkers why I just got like giddy uh, over reading an IMDb synopsis for a like 11 year old Spider-Man cartoon would have been more than I had the energy to do today or yesterday or whenever it was I read it. <laughs> sure. I mean, yeah, how do you explain? Because it's not even just like Dr. Octopus is in the episode. It's like the context around this version right. of Dr. Octopus. It's like, waiting well, there. yeah, it's like a Spider-Man cartoon though, right? So like that's pretty normal. And it's like, no, you don't understand. Yeah. For this cartoon, extremely not normal. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. This episode originally aired July 1st, 2012, written by Man of Action and Jacob Fox. Uh, who at the time was credited as, as uh, Jacob Saman. Um, Fox, uh, we've talked about him before. He wrote part three of the Spider Island arc from the 2017 oh. show. And then I think he eventually goes on to be a consulting producer of that show in season two. So we talked about him then. Um, he's, he's just worked on a ton of, you know. Which ton- one was part three? <laughs> it's like um, a four or five part episode, wasn't God. it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't ask me. I don't know. I gen. I- we had plenty to say. Go listen to that stuff. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I generally enjoyed the Spider Island stuff, yeah. I think. Yeah. I think, I think, I feel like in part, no, part three wasn't the the Black Widow one, and that's the only one that I was oh, unsure about. I that think part, okay. part three, I think, is when it starts to kick into high gear. So I feel like we probably liked part three. Yeah. Um, so good job, Jacob Fox. Uh, yeah, yeah. And he's, he's written on t- all the all the other Marvel shows and stuff like that. It's a Beautiful. standard resume and everything. This was directed by <laughs> Alex Soto, the guy that we know. So yes, we know this evil. <laughs> and of course, the featured character here is Whirlwind. That's who we're so excited to talk about. <laughs> is that a character you knew existed before this episode? Because I sure didn't. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to say because I feel like this character exists like in every comic universe ever the just like guy whose body from his waist down is a tornado that's true so i have no idea i i don't think i knew that this character existed i feel like this is not a spider-man villain but maybe it is i have no idea <laughs> he's just a guy what looks like a tornado <laughs> Kai looks like a tornado. I love it it's like yeah it's like juggernaut mixed with tornado it's basically what he looks like yeah, you know? pretty much. <laughs> anyway, we're not actually talking about him. <laughs> we're not actually talking about Whirlwind, but the reason we list Whirlwind here is because he is voiced by Tom Kenny, who I've been putting off talking about until we had a proper Otto Octavius-centric episode, and would you look at that, we do. So Tom Kenny, who voices Otto Octavius, just so happened to also uh, voice Whirlwind. Tom Kenny's a big deal. He's the voice of SpongeBob SquarePants, for which he won an Annie Award and multiple daytime Emmys. 
He also received an Annie for voicing Ice King in Adventure Time. He's done tons of stuff, which is no surprise. He was the voice of Heifer in Rocco's Modern Life. He narrated the Powerpuff Girls as well as voicing the mayor. He was one of the voices of Spyro the Dragon that we grew up with. Definitely two and three, maybe appearances and other stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, He actually voiced Spider-Man in the Madame Tussauds Marvel Superheroes 4D experience, which is fun. I like anytime we get another person who does (laughs) Spider-Man. I, and I can definitely see him being a Spider-Man. Sure. Like, especially in a, like a ride setting like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's very sense. versatile. I mean, if you, mm-hmm. if you look at the different characters, he's cause like the narrator for Powerpuff Girls is extremely different than SpongeBob SquarePants. 100%. Like, yeah. Wildly different voices and performances, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and here's a weird one that stuck out to me just because I still think this is a funny fact. It's less yeah. about Tom Kenny uh but it is involve or it does involve tom kenny he voiced the aliens in scary movie three <laughs> which if you aren't aware here's a fun uh plug for gimmicks the last uh-huh. of us episode uh scary movie three <laughs> one of the two scary movie films written by acclaimed showrunner of chernobyl and the last of us craig mazin <laughs> yeah we, we have a whole conversation about craig mazin's absolutely fucking bananas career in that gimmicks episode on and i was reminded all over again <laughs> you know what else is weird about this doug that we're bringing this yeah. up now what we're recording this yesterday i recorded an episode of gimmicks that will drop the day before this episode releases of Walloping Web Snappers. Oh, so okay. I'm not afraid to say what it is because it will have come out yesterday. Yeah. It was an episode on Mythic Quest. And the episode of Mythic Quest oh, right, talks, right. the episode of Mythic Quest <laughs> we talk about, Craig Mazin plays a supporting character in, in that episode. And we spend a lot of time thirsting over Craig Mason okay. <laughs> in that Kimmicks episode. So I'm what's happening? You. Why are Honestly, we at the center of the Craig Mason okay, right now? Here's the thing. I was Fully inclined to thirst over Craig Mazin, but when you and I were talking about Craig, Craig Mazin, my novel gaming co-host was also there, and they would have been cool with it, but I didn't want to go yeah, on a big thirst rant over Craig Mazin. He's so hot. He was there. He is such an attractive man. He's very like, attractive. And he... And I'd like bump my mic. I was I'm so into him. Um, yeah. I he's such an attractive man that in Mythic Quest we talk about this. He plays like a misogynistic piece of shit. Oh like, no, it, that is the point of his character. Like that yeah. is the the comedy of his character is that like he is and he specifically like like you know plays off of like Ashley Birch who's playing like like the most annoying version of SJW. So like their whole thing is is butting heads and it's very funny. But like mm-hmm. he is playing a awful gross human being. And I still am like, I, I mean, you know, I can fix him. Like, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> because he's that charismatic and attractive. He is. I mean, it is funny that he would be such a horrible person because not only is he very attractive, he is like, he just looks like nice, if that makes any sense. Like, yeah. he just looks like, like, he has like, yes. uh, yeah, he's like a very nice smile. He frequently is smiling and has like very, smiley eyes if that makes any sense like he's just like a nice looking person so yeah also um while we're on a craig mason rant for like no reason um somebody once told me that uh, this was somebody who does not grow a beard and they said that they were jealous sometimes of people who could grow beards because it was like natural contouring for your face Mm -hmm. like instead of having to do makeup or anything like that it's just like natural contouring for your face Craig Mazin, I feel like, is the epitome of that. Like, look, like, the mm. the shape of his face looks so different based on whether he has a beard or not. Doesn't change that he's attractive this way or that way. But, like, yeah. it just looks like a totally different person. <laughs> sure. No, that makes sense. It's wild. 
That's wild. Anyway, clearly you and I think a lot about Craig Mazin. Um, Luck. And I didn't have a podcast that dropped yesterday where I got to thirst over Craig Mazin. So thank you for allowing me this platform. You're welcome. <laughs> glad, <laughs> glad to be of service. Yeah. Is there anything worth saying just simply about Tom Kenny's performance of Otto Octavius to this point? Because we have seen him plenty of times. I don't know how much we've talked about it. I don't know if it's better to just get into it when we get into the plot synopsis or the you know the plot points or whatnot no, but we have think, known this character for a while i think we should talk about it now because i feel like we're gonna have a lot to talk about uh, about the character and it's and his design yeah. and conception and all that stuff like that um i feel like tom kenny's performance is good like i don't have yeah. any issues with that he's a good voice actor i think that we hadn't really gotten a lot of him in past episodes because one sort of thing that I wouldn't call it an issue that we've had, but a thing that we have like run into a lot where it's like we've had a hard time talking about this Doc Ock because it's just sort of been these same repeated beats of he's locked in a room. He usually maybe has like a few lines in an episode where he's locked in this room and has to be kind of subservient to Norman Osborn and is just sort of sad and also like resentful about Norman and maybe says very restrained and very restrained. And there's not really much more to him. I think, you know, and it's it's intentional because they're trying to basically hold him on the roster so then they can you know throw them out when it's time and we've had plenty of plenty of build up to finally have this catharsis of actually seeing Otto do something um mm-hmm. whether or not it's really been effective or was worthwhile i think that's a conversation um yeah. but i think the result though is that like we haven't really been able to hear a lot of range from tom kenny as this character i think that it is interesting to hear Tom Kenny, who often is cast as very like peppy characters or like energetic characters, play someone who's sort of intentionally made to be low energy and mm-hmm. like just like seething the whole time. You know, it is interest. It is a different performance that I feel like I normally hear from him, and I think he pulls that off. And I do think that like because he's not typically playing villainous characters in this way, yeah. it does create a unique flair to his voice. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think I believe that this Otto. What is like a nerdy guy that has just been pushed to an extremely dark place. Yeah. Um, and I think Tom Kenny really works for that. Yeah, I agree with pretty much everything you were saying. I think the big thing for me is just like when you were saying it was like hard to get a read on his performance or who this like what the performance of this Otto Octavius was until this episode. Like totally agree. This episode fully clarifies for me like is this a strong performance of an Otto Octavius? Not a strong performance by Tom Kenny. He definitely is performing very well. Like he's, who am I to critique, right? Um, but whether or not it felt like an Otto uh, was clarified to me in this one because he was allowed to have more than just like his seething thoughts that he said under his breath. Right, for sure. Yeah, so, and I think he works. I think he works really well in this in this role. So maybe you should play more villains, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> you do a good job. <laughs> All right. Should we get into this episode? Let's do it. All right. So it opens with a battle between Spidey and Whirlwind, during which Whirlwind checks in with someone called Octagon, reporting that the bug took the bait. So we know pretty immediately something is up. And after Spider-Man overpowers Whirlwind and pulls his helmet off, it's clear that Whirlwind has been receiving instructions from someone who certainly sounds a lot like Otto Octavius. (laughs) Not really being that subtle. Yeah. Uh, My first note for this episode is in all caps, Spidey Cycle Go Away. Oh, yeah. It does start with Spidey Cycle again for no reason. Totally wholly unnecessary it's not like it even like breaks apart into like a little hover bike or anything because he's like fighting 
a wind guy. It just it it's just there again, adding nothing. Yep, sucks. Sucks in a adding hand. absolutely nothing. Yeah, all I have to say on that matter at this time. Yeah. Yep. So we're <laughs> one in five or whatever it was from last week. Sucks again. Right. Right. Um, Spidey also throws up a lot in <laughs> in Whirlwind's helmet, which is gross. okay. I have okay. This is so. This is such a stupid issue to have. Okay. There are holes in that helmet. Yeah. Oh yeah. I know. I know. I mean, whatever. It's like for. It's I know. For a joke. I don't I want to see joke. any throw up coming out of the holes in the helmet, but it still bothered me that there were holes in the helmet and he's throwing up into it. <laughs> it's a it's a joke and it's you know it's just know. gross it's gross out humor I, I don't care for gross out humor but like it's not bad either you know it's just not a humor that i vibe with really so yeah. whatever that doesn't bother me nearly as much as snot humor so i'm okay with it as long sure. as it's not snot humor yeah. well it's, it's <laughs> nice when you don't actually see see the liquid so yeah. it helps yeah. anyway no more puking talk Let's sure move on. yeah absolutely uh, it just nick fury shows up in the aftermath of this battle and tells them you know you've got to get extra training to make up for all this collateral damage which is an interesting callback because like that was that was the issue from the very first episode of the show yeah that spidey is a good hero but he leaves a lot of collateral damage uh only criticism is that like i feel we like we haven't between, talked about that in quite yeah, a while i feel like literally between the first episode and now that has never come up because it's always yeah. been about spider-man working with a team not the collateral damage aspect which in my opinion more important than the working with a team thing but yeah Whatever. Fury is bringing up again. Like, this actually has not changed at all in 11 episodes. This is still your issue. We still need to train about this. Um, Remember uh, last week when Venom trashed the school? We're never, ever going to hear about that. And that bums me out. Yeah, that's so true. Anyway, random thought. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but Spider-Man's like no training because, hey, remember this deal we made? If I take down Whirlwind, which I did, then I get some much needed, quote unquote, me time, which again, this also this actually weirdly in a lot of ways feels like a sequel to like the first episode, because that also was something that was talked about where it's like, I need my own time to work alone. Yeah. I guess more of the second episode. But like, well, that was a that was really part and parcel to like him agreeing to work with S.H.I.E.L.D. is that it's like I need to have my own separate time. And then S.H.I.E.L.D. immediately invaded yeah. his privacy and, and made it, did an invasion of space by, you know, implanting themselves in his school and stuff. This, though, at least has come up in comments or like little, you know, conversations here and there mm-hmm. since then. Uh, so that I, I appreciated more than I thought was corny like the collateral damage thing i was like why are we bringing this up again the meantime thing i was like great payoff yeah for sure for sure um that's what this whole episode's about it's like i'm taking some me time i'm taking time off yeah um also just a fun little note there's like the blonde kid with the bowl cut that's like fawning over spider-man my god well for one he has showed up before he was the kid who was like making those weird faces and like fawning over black spider-man when like mm-hmm. harry was in the venom suit before so that's a, just a fun callback to bring that kid back just being yeah. like really creepy about how much he loves spider-man did he have that voice in the last he didn't last talk. appearance too he, oh, he okay. didn't talk in the last one this is the first time <laughs> we've heard his voice it's very funny that voice mm-hmm. is comically not a child's voice oh i love it i think it's really i think it's like it's a fun joke yeah <laughs> it caught me so off guard and it was delightful <laughs> so funny so so when Peter gets home, he learns that Aunt May is also out for the weekend. So not only does he have the weekend off from S.H.I.E.L.D. for me time, uh, he's got the place to himself. Yeah. And but starts because, because, oh, I think it needs to be stated. Yeah. 
the reason that Ame's out is because she's got some like you know her girlfriends that she's going out and partying with because yeah. of course cool. Aunt May is cool she's cool she's busy she has friends she does cool shit like motocrossing she's not some dumb fucking old lady she is a cool aunt with a life and she does yeah. cool edgy uh, ed- edgy shit she's a cool old lady yeah, I mean no, she's a cool no. lady she's not an old lady she's just a cool lady <laughs> No invalids here. <laughs> no Sorry, just, May almost dying every other issue here. I just have to call it back in because cool. it's, it's the first time <laughs> since like the first episode that's come up. Again, weird sequel to the first episode, but it's just like it's the exact same thing of like, look how wild and crazy Aunt May yeah. is. I also love that Peter's daydream of what she could possibly be doing, because she doesn't say, is like dune buggying or yeah. not even bugging but like atvs on like sand yeah. dunes yeah and that like makes him shudder for some reason why does he's like shudder maybe i don't want to think about it like why yeah <laughs> doing extreme like, sports what did you know? initially like, have as the cut in there <laughs> that would make him so upset <laughs> so weird <laughs> yeah goofy goofy but um, without her there like he can just do whatever he wants right so he's like living a teenage boy like home alone dream where he's like drinking a bunch of pop and playing video games and they even do like a little like slide across the screen with a guitar yeah. and it's like it's a guitar a, hero guitar it's a it's a risky business uh like reference yeah which is great funny well i like it because they do the risky business reference but then they turn the camera around and reveal that he did the whole like classic slide in the like he does the you know the dress shirt and underwear yeah and does the classic slide and sunglasses but then they turn the camera around and it's in it's that he did it on the ceiling <laughs> which is a funny <laughs> funny play on that joke yeah yeah Yeah. no it's great i also love the detail that's not a real guitar that is a video game guitar it's yeah it's beautiful and feels like a a very much of its time yeah that's also (laughs) when he references a spaghetti bath i don't know what that means i don't know it's a funny pair of words i like that aspect but i have no idea what it means (laughs) all i can think about in my you know my 30s uh era in life when i think spaghetti bath is like how horrible it would be to clean that up. And if oh, yeah. it went wrong and somehow ended up in the drain, you'd be so fucked. And then you'd have to call yeah. a plumber and be like, I'm so sorry. I clogged my bathtub with so much spaghetti. Yeah. Ridiculous. <laughs> horrible. Horrible. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. I can only imagine facing my maintenance guys being like, um, it's spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> Someone broke into my apartment <laughs> when I wasn't home and just, I guess to play a cruel prank, they just filled my drain with spaghetti. I had no control uh, over it. It's like an excuse I would give my parents. I, someone broke in and just pranked me. I don't know. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Well, anyway, he is enjoying this leisure time, but as he make, I think he makes like a web trampoline in his living room, which is cool, but you yeah. know dangerous whatever um he notices there's a camera in the corner of his living room and he's like oh my gosh who's spying on me is it dr doom is it loki is it like all these like terrible villains no he grabs the camera and realizes it's shield i'm gonna have i have a lot of thoughts about this whole storyline because when it first started i was into this idea of spider-man being utterly like like genuinely like angry at this invasion of pride like rightfully angry yeah. at this invasion of privacy like it's what we is, want from this if they have right. to inject shield challenge it on a this constant a, basis exactly and i love how like because in the very next scene he is directly challenging fury like 
why did you put a camera in my room? Like, what if my Aunt May was, like, walking around naked or something? Like, this is creepy. Right. And also the fact that, like, yeah, even though they're a government organization, it is still, like, a teenage boy's bedroom. Like, yeah. that is a horrible invasion of privacy. Oh, um, oh yeah. <laughs> and I love, and I mean, but it's, but it's also, like, S.H.I.E.L.D., I, they definitely seem like the kind of organization that would be like very pro surveillance state. So like, I'm, I, I, like, I, 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 I like that they're addressing that aspect of shield and, you know, in this moment feels like not letting them off the hook with it. I don't like where this episode goes after that at all. I don't um, love where it ends no. at all. I thought this was going to be spider-man's breakup with shield not permanent because i know that they're never yeah. gonna have him fully break up with shield but i thought it was gonna be him quitting shield mm-hmm. it doesn't even get that far no it i i kind of it kind of really turned turned me off on this episode a lot if it weren't for like this being the doc ock episode i would have been like way madder i think but like well i don't like how they handle all of this after I because I was so excited for them to address it and Spider-Man yeah. to push back on it. I just always like when Spider-Man's pushing back on Shield. I think that that yeah. should be the dynamic. There should be an inherent conflict because Spider-Man is always reluctantly working with them in this show and I kind of hate that Shield gets left off gets uh let off the hook uh in I this think, episode after this. I think it's because all of this only serves to create tension later in the parts of the episodes we do like, the Doc yeah. Ock stuff. Yeah, or the absolutely. stuff that we're here for, I should say, because we don't know I don't know how you feel about all that stuff yet. But mm-hmm. um the stuff that we came for, I think all this shield tension only is there to complicate later. I don't think this episode was ever going to actually be about Spider Man complaining about the surveillance stuff, you know? I just so I'm okay with it not being about it. I think it should have landed more on his side though. I, I still Oh, I still is. agree with you. Yeah. I still agree with you. I just think we've seen a pattern of like if it's not the thing they want to focus on, they don't do it that strong. That's and I feel true, like this actually. isn't the thing that they wanted to focus on in this episode, so they don't do it that strong. Just, it could have yeah. been both things. There's no re- if uh, you know, if this were a different show, yeah. uh they would have made this integral to changing the status quo for the next however many episodes you know Mm -hmm. even if the episode was still about doc ock yeah yeah but that's i mean that's what the show is unfortunately Mm -hmm. (laughs) if that's the stuff we want and we do we're not gonna get it I, and I'm I'm jumping ahead to like you know the how the storyline wraps up at this point. Yeah. It has just been introduced because Spider-Man's complaining about it, and Fury is just like tough shit. You signed a contract, and they have a whole conversation about it. That apparently, you know, I mean, in you know, in Fury's defense, I guess Spider-Man did sign a contract, but also in Spider-Man's defense. He's a minor. He's a sixteen-year-old kid, <laughs> like who he, cannot get parental can like any sort of parental right consent or signage because yeah. his guardian doesn't know he's Spider-Man. Yeah, like the whole the whole joke is that Peter like was too distracted by jetpacks and stuff, which I like. I do like that I, joke I like, actually. I like the circling back to the jetpack. It's kind of like they're making fun of their own joke a little bit. They are and making yeah. it an actual plot point at the same time. I appreciate that because yeah, they reference they reference he was distracted by jetpacks, which in past epi- one past episode it was a recurring gag within that episode of of, of Spider Man really wanted a jet wanted to get jetpack yeah. and that's sort of like actually brought to its head in this episode because that's like this what actually like distracted him two months later or like two and a half months yeah. later though in like the real time <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is I think funny. it's hilarious I like that. oh I think yeah. it's I, yeah I really loved it I thought it was great yeah and then they actually build on it a little bit in like a way that's even funnier than how they did it in the first that's place true I agree. I think that this this kind of I didn't like that joke in the original episode personally, but right. I think it kind of retroactively makes it 
like worth it. Like it's kind of saves that joke. I like yeah. how they deal with it this one. Um, but but the the plot important plot element of it is that he was so distracted by cool jetpacks that he just like wasn't paying attention to the paperwork he was signing with Shield. One of which was a contract to like allow Shield to you know be basically twenty four seven surveillance on him at all times, essentially. Yeah. Um, and Fury even like FaceTimes the teammates who are all just like, yeah, of course we signed this. Um, which. Cause they all have the same opinions about everything, yeah. which we learned last week. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. but this is where we get the like jetpack plus joke because yeah. they reference the jetpack by Nova having a jetpack. He's like, yeah, I signed it. Of course. Now I'm going to go enjoy my jetpack, which Spider-Man yeah. calls out as stupid. Cause Nova can already fly. And I, laughed yeah that's a very <laughs> funny joke i i wish it wasn't wrapped up in every single team member was like totally okay with signing away their like private rights as citizens to shield like yeah. without hesitation because i don't believe that all four of them w- nova no. definitely would Can we break it down because nova yeah okay. i agree nova definitely would i think ava I think, could be convinced or yeah, rationalize I, it i think she would come to the conclusion but she, she yeah, a necessary she, evil she would probably consider it yeah because i think the way that fury argues it later in the episode would be a selling point for her specifically Mm -hmm. i think luke cage would actually be the least likely to be okay with this i think that he would only i think he would only become convinced because the other three that he was working with at that time did it and just realized that it was like he really had no choice but to sign it and would reluctantly do it even if he didn't really believe in it I feel like he'd be the most, and we're, it's hard because we're working with the least amount of information for Luke Cage in this I know, series. I know. But oh, I feel like he's the one who would most actively try to work around it without being conspicuous. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> it would make him uncomfortable, and I think he would find it unjust. Yeah. I Iron Fist is interesting because I feel like Iron Fist, I, I, I feel like he'd be fine with it if only because he would be like i have nothing to hide yeah i think he would be just chill about it i think it just not, wouldn't be a thing that yeah. bothers him either way his his yeah. problem is that he wouldn't be critical enough yeah right right but i think he would understand but he, i don't think he would come on to facetime and tell spider-man he's stupid for not doing it i think he would be like True. oh but i understand why you wouldn't want to you yeah know? yeah 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 whatever they're not real characters in this episode basically we're gonna have to build them as real characters if the show never does we just gotta write the fan fiction (laughs) this is our fanfic (laughs) it's all literally all curtain fic none of it is actually action none of it is actually anything it's literally just like them trying to have a discussion about literally anything so that we can clarify their personalities. I can't believe what the show has done to me. They have made me like defensive of the shield team that I don't actually really care about, but I want so deeply because for them to they at least have be, to be there in the characters. show. They've got it's to be distracting there in the show. for them to be yeah. so boring or not yeah. boring, but like formless, you know? Yeah. It's like, if you're going to have them there, then they have to be interesting. So I'm like, Fine, I'm going to be on their side and I'm going to be defending them <laughs> and trying to make them the best characters that they are because you guys aren't on their side of making them you good characters. You won't do it. You refuse. <laughs> weird, <sighs> weird turn of events, I tell you what. God. <laughs> well, anyway, Fury does insist. It's really not to spy on you. I promise it's not to spy on you. It is to protect Aunt May when you can't be there. This is what that's the thing that I think would have convinced Ava. This is the thing I think, yeah. um, you know, 
Iron Fist would take at face value because he doesn't necessarily feel like it's a big deal. But mm-hmm. Peter's not hearing any of it. He's like, I don't care. This is wrong. You shouldn't do this. Yeah. Um, he hands Fury his like little video chat watch, demands the weekend to himself, and storms off. He says, mm-hmm. I am off this weekend. Do not call me. Do not text me. Do not contact me. <laughs> this, I think, is what they really wanted out of this situation is – a scenario or an episode where Spider-Man theoretically cannot be contacted and has a hard time contacting out, which is a point of tension I can appreciate. Oh yeah. No, I like the conceit of that. I think that yes. that's fine. I like it. I mean, other, th- I could have done without selling out the shield team, but that's honestly in the, grand, in the grand scheme of this episode. It's very minor. It's just like, it's they're basically there for a joke, uh, but, but other than that, everything up to this point I am on board for because it does feel like we're supposed to be on. It's like, we are supposed to be on Spider-Man's side, not Shield's side, even with the knowledge that, like, obviously they're setting up a plot where he's going to be defenseless. But I still don't yeah. think that it's. I still think that there's a way to have that as the setup for the episode and not have the episode land with that being a lesson for him to learn about how surveillance is actually great and he should apologize to Nick yep. Fury for invading his privacy. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, no, I'm 100% with you. You know I am. <laughs> yeah. Like, I feel like there's a more there's a better middle ground. Like, they try to have a compromise at the end of this episode and I'm like, that's not a, co- like, not a good that's compromise. That's not a compromise. Um, they they, they, yeah. they need more work to that if that was going to be a compromise. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, am, I am on board with this episode at this point in, yeah. in the episode. I, I'm with you, though. It just does not tie up in a great way. The lesson is wrong, mm-hmm. um, which we've seen a couple times to this point. So I am guess I'm not surprised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Actually, okay, total side note. I was somebody I uh, I know did just start watching the 2003 series, the MTV series, oh, good which Lord. does remind me that like the takeaways could be so much worse. <laughs> this is bad. Sure. I'm not saying it's not bad, but it could literally just be like police are great and should kill people. <laughs> that's so no, but that's a good point. I mean, this this a lot of the stuff in this show it's more just like some of the it's lessons messy are, are messy or not really thought through and then you can get bad implications from it. Right. The, the MTV show is like actively pursuing <laughs> like really just like bad shit and yeah. d- d- uh, like trying people to tell rising people, up against systems will get you killed uh and that's just like, genuinely what? telling viewers <laughs> to be worse like is what that show is about most of the time yeah. yeah the person i know who just started watching it described it as edgelord content and I hey i agree look is there any better way to describe that show so they got that they're getting what I got out of it. So. Uh, good. I'm glad. Listen to that. Yeah. Listen to that 13 episode stretch of, of the podcast. We yep. have lots of stuff to say. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> anyway, this is an Otto Octavius episode. So let's talk about Otto Octavius. Uh-huh. While all this shield stuff is happening, Otto receives a call from Norman Osborn. This is all while Otto is studying the footage from whirlwind's battle with Spider-Man confirming what we already knew. He was the one who sent whirlwind. Norman, impatient with Otto's obsessive examination of Spider-Man, is basically like, I need results. If you do not come up with results, I'm going to pull your funding and I'm going to destroy your work. I brought you on to learn how Spider-Man ticks so that I could make an army of weapons based on his powers. You haven't given me that yet. So what the fuck? Yeah. So as a last ditch promise, Otto's like, you know what? I'll just go get Spider-Man. I'll do it. Okay, if, if, if it's that important to you, I'll go do it. And this is what I've been waiting for is yeah. some sort of clarification, explanation, light shed on the situation. Yeah. Norman laughs in his face 
at the thought of like laughs at the thought of Otto doing anything outside of his lab, doing anything sort of active um, or proactive or whatever. Um, he literally calls Otto a shut-in scientist and then lords over Otto for giving him his mechanical arms. I need to give you, no, I wrote down the entire quote. He called okay, cuz it's it's worse. He calls him a shut-in scientist who can't even wipe his own mouth, pause without tentacles and then he continues. Yeah. So which he then lords over him, like, those tentacles you need to do anything, I gave those to you. Yeah, Be I think grateful. he's like, you're welcome for those, by the way, right. or again. Yeah. Like, I mean, but is the implication, is Otto like a paraplegic or like, is he like like so, mu- some kind of muscular dystrophy or something happening with him? I, I don't know. I mean, they they will not go so far, I think, as to imply anything further than what Norman says. And yeah. Norman's Norman, so it could purely be an insult. It I could mean, literally maybe. just be that Otto is... I mean, honestly, this auto could be anything. This auto could literally just be depressed to the point that it is affecting him physically. Maybe. You know what I mean? But like, like, does he you ever use his like that? Okay, real limbs. That is an interest. I don't think we see him actively use them. And he often, when he is moving, his whole body is is kind of limp. So, like, right. I think That's... you can draw the conclusion if the show never actually says it or will go so far as to like imply it further than what Norman just said in this yeah. horribly mean spirited way. I think you could easily walk away with your head cannon being that he is either quadriplegic or um, he has yeah. some sort of like um, mus like skeletal muscul like muscular neuro whatever some sort yeah. of condition that affects his ability to move his limbs i think you could easily walk away with that because the way they animate him is very intentional and distinct it's just when that line really hit me when he said it and then you know because then i was paying attention to how little auto it's like, horrible moved his lead, limbs it's yeah. horrible it's brutal but it also it it kind of gave me a gross feeling right from the beginning of this stuff because then it's like so are they making auto that like really kind of really gross like trope of like the villain is just like a person with a disability who's mad about having a disability kind of thing which is like a genuinely like kind of common and harmful i don't kind know of trope, you know and it's it, and it it they're not whatever it is they're not going very hard on it right, right. it's not like That's they're what makes saying it tough. yeah it's not like they're saying like like yeah Otto lost the use of his legs and is therefore turned into a despicable person who is willing to murder children you know which like sometimes those stories happen and they suck but like i i it's but it still gave me weird vibes because it's sort of like i know that there's more stories to tell you're going to dive deeply into them there's another reference later on in the episode that sort of like implies that he like used to be like quote unquote better in his eyes right i think is what they're going for which again leads me to like is it something where he was like crippled and then norman gave him these tentacles and he's like bitter for it and like i don't know there's a lot of like grossness that i don't really like if that's what they're going for with this that's i think i think the 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 lack of clarity is really important i think in this situation because i i think there's two distinct paths they could go down one that is really icky and one that actually would work for me in a way that feels okay because I think, and we don't get that resolution in this one. I think what matters is, is Otto in this series ultimately going to be a villain because of what Norman has done? Like, is he, is he a villain because he is reacting to Norman, right? Is he a villain or is he doing things because of the manipulation that Norman is, is, uh, enacting on him right or is it this sort of like 
inward sort of self-loathing over what has happened to him if something happened to him right i do think those are different things because if something happened to him and the only solution that he saw was norman or norman forced a solution on him and that's what made like and the norman piece of it is what made him horrible um but there is a redeemable quality once he is outside of the norman sphere um, especially if he ends up being a villain that primarily is not necessarily trying to kill kids, but is um, trying to stop Norman and just doesn't care what gets in the way. Like, I do think there's, there's, there is a story where it is less just, wow, this person is a disabled person and now is horrible, right. you know, right. like it just turned them into a horrible person because their life must be miserable. Like, mm-hmm. I think there's a way that they could. I don't trust this show to do that, though, so I'm a little worried. Uh-huh. Yeah. Did and, and does that make sense? Because I'm yes, thinking think kind of sense. out loud, and I I recognize I could just be totally off base. No, I think that I think it makes sense. I mean, I think no matter what, I think like the very first thing you said, I think is really just like the best point to take home is that like there's not there's a lack of clarity here. Um, I think with it, like it's and this, if it stays this, unclear, that's a problem. Yeah, but like this episode is not. Otto Octavius's origin story. They're they're throwing out tidbits about what what it could be his backstory that lead me to believe that where he came from will be explored. Not necessarily this is a whole flashback episode, but at the very least, I think that like Norman Osborn will explain something in exposition, or you know, Otto will yeah. say something more. I think that we will get more information on who this Otto is and like what his situation actually is. Yeah. Um, but the clarity is the important. The lack of clarity, I should say, is the important part. Yeah. Um, because the best case scenario really yeah. is that Otto Octavius is not trying to take over the world, is not trying to kill children. He is just out to get Norman Osborn and doesn't care what's in the way. That's yeah. the best case scenario is, if yeah. this all centers um, him having some sort of condition or disability that prevents him from um, living the way he thought he was going to be able to. Yeah. And I think that you could, I think that you can, that's a tightrope to walk, but I think you can make that work. I think that, that, that feels like a very Batman villain to me, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I just, but like you said, I don't, I don't know if this is the kind of show to deal in. Like, I don't know that this is the kind of show stuff. to do it. And Otto Octavius is traditionally someone who is trying to take over the world. Right. The show's right. willing to do things right. that are different. Um, and I feel like their auto is definitely demonstrating that they're willing to do something different we just they are this is the slowest auto burn ever (laughs) (laughs) ever so i just don't know what remains to be seen if that slow burn was worth it or if it's just gonna be like well that took yeah yeah exactly (laughs) exactly we're at episode 103 and be like yeah what if we're ever gonna finally get the rest of Otto's backstory I won't be wondering at that point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will not be wondering. Uh, but all of this because Norman is horrible to Otto. Yeah. Um, and we don't necessarily know much more before all of this. We just know that Norman provided this technology that allows Otto some sort of ability that he either doesn't have or doesn't think he has. Um, and that he is basically... Uh, basically a prisoner of Norman Osborn, even though that gets kind of explored and challenged in this episode. Right. Yeah. yeah. Ultimately, Norman's like, okay, fine. Give it a shot. Like in the most condescending way, but I want it done by sundown or you are fired. <laughs> and he specifically is off the payroll, which I think is smart for an Otto Octavius. Cause this is not the first Otto Octavius that has had like research funding woes. Mm-hmm. For sure. 
So there there are things in this episode that make me realize like they didn't just throw out who Otto Octavius is. That's yeah, one of them. For sure. For sure. So uh, the next scene, this is so funny because so Spider-Man, you know, he's on his day off. So Spider-Man fully suited as Spider-Man riding a roller coaster on Coney Island with a random child, which is such a hilarious, weird image. It's also just like none of this would have really th- this entire plot wouldn't have happened if Peter went out as Peter hanging out. But right. I, he has to be Spider-Man so the plot can kick off. It's it's fine. I will accept it. And also it's, I do this like show. I, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. it the, yeah. The show has a light reality anyway. And I do think that there's something that you could kind of find really interesting in the idea that it's sort of like, you know, Peter as a 16 year old going out alone, riding roller coasters by himself. I can see how he would just be like, this is kind of lame, but him as Spider-Man, a celebrity just like doing cool shit and have everyone like children yeah. fawn over him while he's out alone. That is a different kind of vibe. So I think that I, I, I actually think even in the reality of the show, it kind of makes sense. And um, I mean, even and within the reality of the show, like he, when he defined me time early on in the show, it wasn't Peter. Parker time Mm. it was independent Spider-Man time that's true that's a good point yeah yeah this is his opportunity to like save cats and like do good deeds and be a neighborhood Spider-Man and like hang out with his people yeah no that that totally makes sense in this case it just means riding a roller coaster with a little girl (laughs) (laughs) which is fine um I like so he's riding you know he's riding the roller coaster and you know people scream on roller coasters but his scream it's like a cutoff scream as he just like disappears from the <laughs> roller coaster and I love that just like cut it off and the little girl like doesn't really notice he's gone um because I'm so stupid Derek I thought he was like pranking the girl <laughs> I don't know why I thought, I thought that's what he was doing I thought he just like didn't have his like belt the the the, the arm <laughs> stuff on and just fell, flew out of the roller coaster he's sticky <laughs> right I know but that's, but that's what will be funny about it is that that he can make a joke like wait yeah, I, I should I'm sticky I should have been able to stay but no yeah. he he got he actually got snatched out of the roller coaster by Otto so like yeah. I, this, is, this is the first interaction and I love that their first fight is on Coney Island doing roller coaster shit because uh-huh. what was the first fight in Spectacular Spider-Man uh-huh. with Doc Ock uh-huh. on Coney Island on a roller coaster? Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes! Yeah. Love Fun. It. Like, that can't be a I got so excited. It right? cannot be a coincidence. <laughs> There's no way. It's too There's specific. No I mean, he's, it's not the only villain he's fought in cartoons at Coney Island, but, like, that's a very specific thing. And it, like, just happened, a f- like, a few years before this. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess I can sort of see the logic where it's like, where's a fun place for Dr. Octopus to be? Oh, where roller coasters are. But, like, I don't know. It, yeah, it's just too specific. I think that they had to have watched the show. I think there's other ways to justify it, but I feel like you get to that solution faster and more naturally if it is also a reference. You know? Yeah. It's an Occam's Razor situation for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so he gets he's gonna get to fight Otto. And Hell yeah! Roller coaster. And there's a <laughs> lot of fighting with Otto Octavius in this episode, which I'm here for. <laughs> there really is. <laughs> and during this fight, we finally because we've known Otto Octavius for so long in this series, so long, we finally get his name, his villain name, because Spider-Man is quipping constantly. There's so much fighting in this. And Spider-Man picks up pretty quickly that Otto is easily distracted and pissed off at like the quipping, right? Not this, this Otto cannot hang with the quipping. And so like he gets annoyed at these insults and he's like, you have to stop insulting me. I am a doctor. Like he's like, (laughs) like upset at the, at just the fact that this, this like annoying hero would be insulting him. 
And then Spider-Man just latches onto this. He's like, oh, you're a doctor. Oh, and you have all these arms. What are you, Dr. Arms? Are you Dr. Squid? Oh, they're very long. Are you Dr. Stiltman PhD? Wait, no, you must be Dr. Octopus. And that's where the name comes from. It comes from Spider-Man realizing that this guy like cannot handle the poking and the prodding and the insults. Um, and that carries through like their entire fight throughout this episode. I think it's like this show doesn't always do the quipping very well or like doesn't always wield his wittiness very well, but they make it a pretty central part of how he interacts with this new to him villain. Yeah, I, I think that it's really interesting. And I think, yeah, I think it's really I think it works for this version of Otto because I do think that what they've set up, the little we know about him, it wouldn't make sense for him to call himself Dr. Octopus because uh, it does feel like he is like compared to other autos, he is uniquely self-conscious about his tentacle situation. It's yes. like, and he's not a flamboyant Otto. No, you know? not, not no. especially right. For sure. I, uh, I like that. And I do think it's notable because we did just talk about Norman being incredibly cruel to Otto Spider-Man pokes fun at him the whole time. It's never cruel, ever, I don't think, at any point. Like, oh, yeah. He I makes mean, a comment about, like, get a haircut or something, but it's never... Like, we've seen other versions of Spider-Man that I think I like more that are way meaner yeah. to Doc Ock Because he's than not going after any particular pain points, and maybe it's just because exactly. he doesn't really know what the pain points are to press, but, like, he's more generally just making like cartoon character quips like the whole time he's doing your bugs bunny stuff he's not like actually like digging into like the core of what makes this guy literally bugs bunny stuff he says what's up doc at some point (laughs) i think he got your joke i was thinking about that he totally does absolutely does does. yeah (laughs) yeah but i do love the comparison to bugs bunny it is a perfect comparison like he is just agitating this guy right yeah for sure So he does, um, through a lot of this chatter, uh, Spider-Man is able to web up a couple of Doc Ock's arms and hold him still long enough for a notably empty, there was no one in the car, they made sure of that, notably empty roller coaster train to crash right into Dr. Octopus. But despite this, which I think is really, this is, this is so interesting to me too, yeah. I feel like we're watching like Ock like get, like build his confidence back up in the we process. We 100% are. Yeah, because he's like actually like even though he like literally got hit by a roller coaster train, like he's fine. He's like exhilarated by this whole experience. Actually, he starts like monologuing aloud, which again, the most that we really have ever heard him talk, and he's monologuing to himself, which is a very Doc Ock he doesn't, thing to do. It's a very Doc Ock thing to do, but in this case, he doesn't get to talk to anyone, yeah. so he probably talks to himself all the time. That's true, like That's he's probably true. not even thinking about it. Yeah, and he's like, I sh- he should have trusted me to capture you. I should have trusted myself. Oh, this is magnificent. So it's really like, just like him learning, like, wait, I do have the ability to, like, kill this teenager right now. Like, right. Should- <laughs> yeah. It's like a weird context to, like, discover your, yeah. you know, your strength. But, yeah, that's exactly what's happening. I mean, and it's like, remember, you know, remember the Spectacular Spider-Man story? was kind of a coming out story for Otto where he like mm-hmm. sort of like discovered his best self and is like, I can be flamboyant and use big words and be theatrical. Mm-hmm. This is who I really am. <laughs> it's kind of really, it's not the exact yeah. same as that version, but it's like a similar sort of like, like I, you know, I've been talked down to for my whole life. I mean, not my whole life. I've been talked down to for a very long time now. And I'm realizing that like, oh, who I am inside is actually pretty beautiful and amazing. And yeah. I'm realizing who I am inside and actually letting that be my outward self now. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
It's Doc Ock. I think it's good. Story. I think it's honestly a good story for Doc Ock because um, so much of his characterization was just being like an arrogant, condescending asshole. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think those two things pair really well together <laughs> so mm-hmm. that it's not just like a one note condescending asshole. You at least still have, like you said, some sort of pain point or some sort of origin that that comes from some sort of like transformative experience. And then it ends up being like the kind of arrogant asshole you can kind of root for. Cause you're like, Oh, you found yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like it. I think it's, I think it's fun. I mean, this, this is the first time watching the show that I really like, It'll take some work, but I could see this arc over the course of changing if they want to, like, give him an arc. I could see him becoming a more closer to a more, you know, typical Doc Ock over time as he, like, builds himself back up from this scenario. And, like, that could be an interesting story to see unfold, you know? Oh, yeah. I agree with you. I finally started to see a Dr. Octopus I recognized in this episode, even though he's clearly distinct from the ones I know. 100 percent yeah yeah for sure. i was very worried it was just going to be a totally unrecognizable character yeah no no not definitely not in this episode yeah i think i think we're on the road to something really interesting with him yeah Hopefully. assuming they don't really biff it in the way that you were talking yeah. about earlier God, we'll see <laughs> crossing my fingers <laughs> um but 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 i also like the detail that like this dude's monologuing to himself as supervillains do, but it's like kind of actually a, a bit of a plot point because Spider-Man like notices like, who's this he you're talking about? So there's someone else involved here. Okay. This is some information that's useful to me. And Doc Ock's like, I'll worry about him um, and attack Spider-Man, Spider-Man with uh, increasing vigor and malice. Yeah. Cause he knows he can now. Yeah. Smashing up those roller coasters and stuff. It's poor roller coasters. I know. I love this next thing, too, because Spider-Man tries a classic web ock in the face maneuver, which works so many times in other properties. Like, it is just the way that Spider-Man wins is like, oops, I put web on your eyeballs. Um, I think it's worked in the 90s show. I think it worked in the 60s show. I think it worked in the 80s show. It certainly works in the comics, but it doesn't work here. (laughs) And I love that. I love that Spider-Man is the same instinct, but in this one, it doesn't work. Um, and when it doesn't work, Spider-Man's like, oh, maybe this guy's actually like pretty formidable. Um, Mm -hmm. Doc Ock even says at one point, I've never understood the joy of hunting down another living creature, but you have taught me. (laughs) Good Lord. (laughs) That's dark He's fucked up. (laughs) He's very fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) He's got a lot of repressed emotions and they're not coming out in the healthiest of ways. (laughs) Yeah, you could say that. You can say that for sure. <laughs> so Spider-Man's like, okay, I recognize that this guy will actually kill me and probably could. So he does actually kind of try to flee or at least get further away, like create some distance. Um, he tries stalling. He tries doing all these kinds of things to hopefully give himself an opportunity to strategize uh, because as long as he's close, he can't do anything. Worth noting that this is an Otto Octavius, and I love this, whose tentacles just seem to reach forever. I love when Doc Ock has spectacular did this too, yeah. where it's just like, you want them to be long? They're going to be fucking long as hell. I love yeah. it. Love it. Yeah. It makes I do them too. that much scarier. For sure. I mean, this, yeah, this is definitely a scary Doc Ock for sure. Yeah. This, I mean, maybe this is a good place then. You brought that up. Like we haven't talked a lot about his actual design in full yeah. because this is really the best look that we've ever gotten of yeah. him. Like, I agree with you on the tentacles end, but like, what, like, what do you think of like, yeah. I don't know, everything about his body and costume I, and everything? I mean, honestly, like, uh, I'm, 
I really think that the way they draw his face and his hair is doing a lot of work to make me not love the design. Sure. But everything else honestly works for me. Like I like the way his tentacles are designed. They have interesting, unique details. So like they have like um, what seem like lights or something that lights up that resemble sort of like the suckers of tentacles, yeah. um, which I think is like a neat detail. Um, I think that like his body type is more like what I associate with a Doc Ock. Like sure. he is a bigger guy um, in what seems kind of like a jumpsuit, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but he just, I don't feel like his, it's not even just that I like or dislike his face or hair or whatever. Um, I mean, I don't like his hair. It, 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 I don't know why they did that other than he's just a guy who potentially just maybe doesn't care about himself all that much based on his circumstances, yeah. which I can understand. Um, I just don't feel like it necessarily matches the rest of his design. Like something, it, yeah. it feels like it belongs on like somebody who would be like a more, like if we're talking just character design and language on someone who would be way more like gaunt and lanky. Um, it totally than like, does. Yeah. You know, like there doesn't seem to be that same like roundness um, to his face or his hair. Cause it's really like jagged shapes, um, which That's a good call. communicates sort, you know, it certainly communicates that he is, uh, kind of a scarier guy in like the classic sort of character mm-hmm. language, but, but one of the cool like things his... about Doc Ock is that he doesn't. He looks like an average guy, and then turns out to be terrifying based on his brain and his arms. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It does kind of feel like his head is pasted on another body. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, it, it's sort of weird. It would almost work better for me if he weren't. I mean, I, I like a bigger, chunkier Doc Ock. I think that's more classic and what I prefer, but it almost would work better if he weren't in this one based on his other design cues. I mean, yeah, it kind of feels like he should be kind of emaciated actually. Yeah. Know? He's kind of, you know, he almost, he's kind of got an, um, Olivia like, mm. uh, proportions, yeah. you know, or it yeah. looks like he should, I should say. Yeah. 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 I, I agree with that. I, I, I agree with everything you said. I also, I like the, like the big, like they're kind of like screws on his, like the outer, like kind of shell of his jumpsuit that are like moved oh, yeah. sometimes they almost sometimes look like they're pulsating. Like I think that they're meant to be mechanical and moving, but they often just look like they're pulsating when his arms are moving around. Sometimes. I mean, we see something later that seems to imply that a lot of his body is no longer what is no longer flesh and bones and what he was yeah. born with. So he's some kind of so like I cyborg be surpri- kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if they were because of what they either, what they were doing for his body or how they're moving with his body or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm here for like an, it's like a body horror doc Ock story. If they go in that direction, depending on what, you know, how respectfully they treat it. But yeah, um, I, I, that could be interesting, but I no. do think inherently going a body horror route would make me less worried about some of the stuff we were concerned about earlier. Right. Yeah. If he is a product of horrific experimentation, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I think that ends up in a less icky realm. Yeah. I think it's, I think that they, I hope that they go more in like a RoboCop direction than, 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 you know, just like disabled person is mad about it kind of direction. Right. Um, Cause I think, you know, it's more sci-fi for one. And then I think it's like, there's, it's not really like a real world context for that. And that's like a very classic sci-fi story. Yeah. And, there, and then it just becomes a story of like, you know, your body that belongs to you being essentially like, 
uh, you know, someone, someone else having the control over, over your body and like making you into, into making you into something that you, you know, aren't kind of thing. You know, the, the horror inherent in that is a very different kind of horror. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. We don't have enough information for any of that in this yeah. episode. <laughs> I know. I know. It's a, it's a bummer that we don't because I do like so much of what they're doing. And I'm just so happy to see him in action, you know? And I'm yeah. so happy they make him formidable and like scary. Like this, this show doesn't always do, although we've had a pretty good record past few weeks or so, doesn't mm-hmm. always do like scary villains or super formidable mm-hmm. uh, villains. But when they do, it's really exciting. And I'm very happy to see that Doc Ock is one of them. Absolutely. So Spider-Man, like this guy is formidable. So he's trying to flee. He tries to stall. Neither of those things work. He just like cannot get out of the situation, um, but he's also unable to get away. Right, so he's still in this in, in this situation. So Ock responds by like grabbing a nearby onlooker, um, which forces Spidey's hand and allows Ock to like ultimately snag Spidey with one of his uh, with one of his tentacles. Classic, classic. Yeah, Otto's smart. He picks up real quick. Yeah, that a hostage will work. Hmm. Yeah. Very common. <laughs> yep. Spider-Man's going to trade himself for that hostage. You better believe it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he does manage to escape this grasp, though, by electrocuting Doc Ock with one of his own claws. Um, and then their fight just resumes in a different location. There are many moments where, like, Spider-Man gets grabbed, he figures a way out, and then they continue fighting elsewhere. It's not like nothing else happens, but, like, that happens a lot. Yeah. Um, so they're in this Hall of Mirrors. This is what you were referencing earlier, I'm certain. Um, Otto is then confronted directly with himself because he is in a hall of mirrors. This is not a new idea, right? Surrounded by mirrors, surrounded by your own reflection. But in this case, he looks at himself, he pauses in their fight and he says, I was handsome once. We don't get follow up on that, but I'm worried about it. <laughs> yep. That was another thing. That was the thing I was, I was referencing earlier. I was kind of worried about cause it does kind of feel like a, like that could go in many different directions. Um, some could be yeah. interesting. Some uh, just could be just really awful. So yeah. I, I don't, I really don't know what to think of that at this point. Um, I mean, all I don't th- know that we can think much. I mean, no. we can, but I don't know that we can with much information because we don't have it. I think the, the only thing that we can like de- definitely say is that, Otto is someone that had a life prior to being this Dr. Octopus dude. And somehow he was put in a situation where he had to become whoever, whatever he is now, what he is now. We don't really know who he really is now. We don't really know who was truly responsible other than Norman had some hand in it. We don't really know. Like right. and <laughs> what where put him in his... any situation. We don't know. And what defines him as a villain in the eyes of this show. Exactly. We don't know. Which exactly. I think is the most important part. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, I think that's a very why good this point. show decides he's a villain matters so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he used to be handsome, but now he's ugly. Therefore, he's a villain. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm just I'm, saying. I'm if you just tied your hair up, like, let's just see. You know, like maybe yeah. just try it. <laughs> Man buns were in in 2012, right? That was a, that was a time for that. Absolutely, wasn't it? absolutely. Yeah. There yeah. you go. There yeah. you go. Is your solution, buddy? <laughs> Maybe give it a wash first. I was going to say it could probably use a wash, yeah, um, some shampoo and conditioner. <laughs> you could honestly, you could you could do a two in one, and I think you would be just you, that would already help immensely. There you so, go. Yeah. yeah, you don't have to do a lot. 
Yeah. Just get it out of yeah. your eyes, you know? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> See what you're working with, buddy. <laughs> oh, Doc man. Ock makeover montage. <laughs> Those are never problematic. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Have you ever seen this is a tangent, but it's just it's just so it's so relevant. Have you, did you see the movie on Netflix on Do Revenge by any chance? Oh no, damn it's it. Really I meant good. to watch that and I just it's, I guess I totally forgot. It's so fun, but there is a specific moment. I won't tell you the context or anything. Okay. But like one of the characters is sort of like, oh my god, it's time. We're gonna do a makeover. And then the other person, <laughs> uh Maya Hawk says, like, ooh, that feels so problematic. That's so fun, but that feels so problematic. <laughs> like it's so good. It's so good. Amazing. <laughs> I love that. I love the movie already. <laughs> yeah, it's such, also such a perfect reaction to so many things. It's sort of like, this is really fun. feels problematic, but it does feel fun. Like, yeah. I, I get it. I've been yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I want to watch that movie again. We'll see what that's all about, the, yeah. the handsome comment. I also wouldn't be surprised if it's never followed up on. <laughs> God, I hope not. Jesus. I do really like this Hall of Mirrors setting. I think that's such a fun yeah. thing. I mean, this is another one. I, I, I referenced that Ock feels kind of like this version of Ock feels like a Batman villain in some regards. Mm-hmm. If, if he's going in the direction we think he's going in. But also like the, the the famous like baby doll episode of Batman like ends in a Hall of Mirrors. And it's sort of like mm. a similar. It's very different, but it is sort of a similar setup where like the villain is chasing after the hero, or I guess in, in the Batman running from the hero, what, whatever, is in the Hall of Mirrors. Someone is pursuing someone else. They're engaged in some kind of conflict. And the villain is kind of confronted with these like distorted images of themselves that is yeah. reminding them of, in Ock's case, the past, and Baby Doll's case, like her, you know, the alternate version of herself. But like in both cases, it's sort of like the Hall of Mirrors forcing them to sort of confront an inner version of themselves. Yeah. In this episode, we don't get much of it. It doesn't dig very deeply into it, but I like that they're suggesting that there is something really deep and broken inside of Ock through this Hall of Mirrors sequence. Yeah, I definitely said earlier, like, it's not a new idea. I don't mean that in a, like, derisive way. I love a Hall of Mirrors sequence. It works for me almost every time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's something about it that just hits right. Being surrounded by images of yourself that are like slightly off kilter. Like there's something so like viscerally haunting about that. Yeah. Um, yeah like forces you to be introspective you know yeah yeah that's, that's, that's so fun and, and he even yeah. does like the thing that like baby doll does is like like sh- you know breaking the mirrors is sequentially you know both yeah. in trying to you know thwart the hero and also just because of not wanting to see images of himself yeah. like i love that i love that shit so good it's good i'm i'm you you and me both i'm here for it, it gets me every yeah. time yeah always works the nice thing for him though is it also uh makes it easier to find spider-man so yeah (laughs) fewer mirrors easier to find spider-man got him this (laughs) shocked me and shocked spider-man um he tried to electrocute spider-man earlier with one of his like claws or whatever that didn't work so instead he just shoves spider-man into a lamp socket like a hanging lamp socket so he just straights up electrocutes him like the old-fashioned way if i can't get you with my arm i'm gonna get you with a light socket wild <laughs> damn dude damn yeah, they don't hold brutal. back brutal yeah he's a he's a brutal formidable guy it's I cool think it's like really sell it it's like taskmaster uh venom and doc ock i feel like are the scariest villains they've presented so far or at least it's, like the most malicious what a funny like it's like just like, funny because like we've seen doom and loki <laughs> oh my god yeah yeah but like doom was in a comedy episode and loki right. was like just a shit show of a character well yeah 
But that is so funny, though, because it's sort of like one of these things. It's not like the other. With the, when you put <laughs> those three, Doc Ock, Venom, and Taskmaster together. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know what the thing is because they're all gay as hell. Um... It's true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Oh, man. Damn, I should be upset that all their scariest, most violent villains are gay, but I'm kind of no. here for it. Th- like, I love it. But it's like... it's That's like, power, baby. It's like me not... <laughs> I'm not I'm not mad that Disney villains are all queer-coded. Exactly. Even though, you know, it is certainly problematic. I think there's a great argument that's problematic, but also, that also means that all the fucking best characters in every Disney movie exactly. are gay shit. So, like, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's like, it's more of a win than it is a loss, in yeah. my opinion. <laughs> I agree. It's one of those very much, I can't explain it, but I'm here for it. Mm. <laughs> exactly. It feels correct. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, where were we? Otto, since he's got Spider-Man, he reports back to Norman, who is like, Norman's like, oh, what's your excuse for being a lameoid loser this time? Oh, my and, God. And Otto's like, actually, guess who I have? And it's Spider-Man, unconscious and in his clutches. And Norman's like, holy shit, you actually did something. <laughs> the way um, you said actually was kind of a good this Otto Octavius impression. Oh, okay. I'll have <laughs> actually, to listen- Norman. <laughs> I'll have to listen back to the episode to hear what you're saying because I, I, I wouldn't have expected that. Sure. Like a, like a pre-coming out version of this Otto. The okay. sort of like repressed like, oh, okay. Okay, actually. <laughs> Actually. Actually, I see. I see what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little bit of like a little nasally, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There, yeah. you can tell that the SpongeBob guy does this voice yeah. if you listen hard enough. Oh no, what? I don't think it's that hard to tell that this is Tom Kenny no. doing it. Really, but it's is, so that's it's so wild and out him. of. Con- I mean, like, no, 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 no. Like, if I agree with you for sure, but like somebody who doesn't necessarily realize that they're the same person, I think could have could pick up on it. <laughs> yeah, no, for like sure. you don't need to be looking for it. No, absolutely, absolutely. Um, one thing I'll, I will knock Otto for a little bit. He really should have just like actually sedated Spider-Man with like, I yeah. don't know, a, like a, some kind of injection of something. Maybe he just yeah. didn't have anything on hand, I guess. Um, cause Spider-Man, a little high on his own supply too. That's, that's a good point. I mean, and I guess to be fair, Spider-Man was literally electrocuted. So it's not like, like most people would, it would take a long time to wake up from yeah. that. Um, it's but like, like having sp- full like delusions too, which I didn't know, but like he's in a pretty bad place <laughs> yeah 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 I, he's not yeah he's not incredibly in touch with reality um it's but basically spider-man like already on camera as norman's watching is like starting to stir and beginning to wake up and norman's like well maybe you should do something about that and a newly confident auto and always condescending norman begin to argue over exactly what to do next as spider-man is like waking up in his clutches mm-hmm. <laughs> and also like how much information auto owes norman because norman obviously has this like grand ownership over auto and wants to own everything he does and auto is just like or maybe i'm my own person i I am gay and proud yeah Yeah. (laughs) i don't need you i don't follow (laughs) your 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 standards of society yeah but yeah but otto just hangs up on norman before spidey comes to fires up his saw hand oh yeah uh, but Spidey does wake up in time to use the saw to he like grabs a saw to cut himself free, which is the thing I feel like we've seen many times in Spider-Man yeah. cartoons. Yeah. Um, Do you have feelings about like different hands for his arms either way? I feel like sometimes they really lean into it and sometimes they don't. Oh, do you mean just like in general with different versions yeah. of Ock? Yeah, I feel like some versions it's like every hand does something different or like they're almost like Mega Man hands sometimes where it's mm-hmm. like what's going to come out next. And then sometimes I feel like they don't touch it at all. 
Yeah, I think it just depends. It it totally depends on the version of him. That's like fair. I'm okay with the idea in general, but I think it only works in some some variations of it. I mean, um, this one they basically make it seem like he's been collecting, yeah, like pieces and parts, if not literally, um, certainly based on information he's gathering from other villains and heroes and stuff, and basically like uh, grafting those onto his arms. I think it makes. I think it works perfectly for this version because he is the kind of guy that's just. Like, if he's just been living alone with, like, equipment, I think it makes sense that he's only ever going to just be collecting stuff, like you were saying, and just continually tinkering on his tentacles, because mm-hmm. it seems to be, like, the only thing he really does. <laughs> Don't say so, tinkering on his tentacles. Oh, my. Uh, <laughs> um, but, but so I think it makes perfect sense for him to just have, like, a whole Swiss Army knife within each yeah. within each tentacle. I think something like, like the 90s Doc Ock, I don't think it would make sense to have yeah. a bunch of weapons, you know? Um, but like, Liv, I don't think does it either. Does she do it? Because she's got those like undulating. Yeah, like, I don't think she does. I don't think she does. Well, she does, and like spectacular is kind of the same way too. Yeah. Um, and I think there's like the middle ground too. Like, like in Spider-Man Two, I think there's like they sometimes have blades. Like one blade, right? Yeah. Like I think that you can throw in a little bit of extra stuff, or like sometimes they can shock people or something. But yeah. I think that like I feel like more often than not, Doc Ock works best in that middle ground where like he has a couple of extra devices that they can do because he's a cool scientist who could do that. Um, mm-hmm. but they really can only be like a whole, like, like you said, like the mega man, like hodgepodge of different devices and weapons within them. I think that only works in like certain animated settings where there's already a little bit of a heightened reality and he's already a bit yeah. of a tinkerer as well. And I think that fits this one pretty well. Yeah, I agree with that. I never want like a full inspector gadget situation, but this yeah. one is probably the closest. And I think, I think it works. Yeah. In, 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 in the ultimate Spider-Man, like cartoon reality, I think it's totally fine. Yeah. Yeah. Because it could be played for jokes later if they really wanted to. Yeah, I don't yeah. know that they would with this auto, but who knows? I hope we'll that see. they allow this auto to have some... Maybe a cutaway. In cutaways, yeah. they can do whatever they want. That's true. That's true. So if it's in yeah. Spider-Man's imagination, it could be wacky as hell. Yeah. What do you think about all of, like the dream sequences in this episode with Spider-Man? Because every time he's unconscious, they do yeah. cut to some kind of dream sequence with him talking to Nick Fury. And then I mean, the dream Nick Fury tells him to wake up. And that happens like three times in this episode. Uh, y'all can't see this, but I didn't include them in our notes. So I think that probably tells you how I feel about them. I didn't think they added that much. I think my problem with them is that... It is Spider-Man and Nick Fury, and so I think it's more just reminding you that there is that ongoing Spider-Man shield conflict happening in the episode. Because it wouldn't be Nick Fury. Right. It would be like Aunt May or whatever, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, or, or, or Uncle Ben, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think the Nick Fury thing, I, I think it's really more to – because all it really does in every single dream sequence – it's more like Nick Fury has been at this before. Uh, Ain't my first rodeo kid is a joke that they like repeatedly make for him. I did um, there, that. I did like the actual, the original. We're joke? at a no, no, no. We're at a rodeo. Yeah, and this ain't my first rodeo. That I did was laugh a funny at joke. that. I can't lie. <laughs> no, that was that was a funny joke. I don't especially because the whole team was like, "This is so dumb," and I hate you, Nick Fury. <laughs> yeah, I, I do like the rodeo joke is funny. But I think that in the dream sequences, it's very much all, all I, was, I was trying to say that it's like between the rodeo thing and him just constantly being like, yeah, this is a dream. You need to wake up. Like, yeah. it's basically just reinforcing that Nick Fury is a force for good that gives good advice to Spider-Man repeatedly over and over again. So that at the end of the episode, it's like, 
Nick Fury is a good guy who's looking out for you and gives great advice and you should listen to your authority figure, Spider-Man. Yeah. Like, well, damn. That, it feels like it's just reinforcing that in those dreams. I was like neutral like on them and felt like they didn't add anything and now yeah. I actively dislike them. That's why I don't like them. It's, yeah. It is just trying to just reinforce how, how positive of an influence yeah. Nick Fury is, which I think really is kind of against the antithesis. I, I think it's kind of the antithesis of like what their relationship has kind of been up to this point and then yeah, Nick Fury what in I the don't show. like about this episode. Yeah, Nick Fury in the show is a bad guy i feel like that's pretty it's hard to argue i would say that you're right they're making the argument (laughs) yeah it's not that he's a bad guy it's just like he's 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 a scummy guy he is he's way less scrupulous than the other heroes in the show and like they recognize that you know um that's a great way to put it yes. yeah like it's not like he's not looking out for the teenagers or whatever like he's not and he's not like actively out to like you know do them harm or whatever um it's just that he also like yeah he's not a villain he's he just, just not a very good guy not he doesn't good guy care as much as he, guy. he doesn't really care as much as he person. should and doesn't really respect them as people very yeah well you know no yeah I would say at all. <laughs> yeah. And I wouldn't but I'm have beefing an, right now. <laughs> and I wouldn't have an issue with that if they like play that for conflict what they oft which yeah. they often do. If it's just like he's like a very like a you know strict military military guy essentially that's just sort of like we're in your superhero boot camp but I'm going to treat you like shit and Spider-Man's like no let's not do that. Like right. that's always a fun conflict that they can play off of yeah. when they do. I think it works in this episode they don't because Nick Fury is Perfect and right all the time is what this episode's mm-hmm. saying. <laughs> yeah, hate that. Yep. So the battle does resume in Otto's lab, but Doc Ock becomes distracted by Norman talking to him through an earpiece, right? Because he hung up on Norman, but he has this earpiece that Norman can get to him with. It also, I don't know that they make this clear. I feel like the implication is that this earpiece is also either an implant or something that he can't remove. Otherwise he would remove it. Oh Um, yeah. That's a good call. I didn't think about that because he never removes it or makes any effort to remove it. Um, and it's clearly bothering him and it is a, a very clear invasion of his personal space, um, and ability to ever be alone with himself. Oh no. You know what? I'm so glad that you said that because my, I, I, I thought it was just a bad, a hacky writing thing because he has the line where he, you know, Norman's talking to him in the earpiece and he's like, get out of my head, stop tormenting me. And then Spider-Man. And I thought that that was just set up to make Spider-Man question if Otto was actually talking to someone in an earpiece or communicator, or if he was just crazy and hearing voices in his head. And then that would, that would sort of let, right. I think I think it is set up, but I I thought it was sloppier and that it was sort of like I see. this is such a weird fucking way for Norman, I mean for Otto to just be talking about Norman like having power over him, but it makes more sense when Norman is literally in his head in an earpiece that he can't detach or like in some kind of like implant in his head that he can't remove because that then he has actually is talking about the literal situation. So I mean, that until, makes more sense. Yeah. Until we're proven otherwise, I feel like it makes way more sense if that's the case. And I feel like it makes the dynamic and relationship between Norman and Otto stronger for what I think they're trying to set up. Yeah, he, I and yeah. it would be so terrible if if he can remove it and just didn't. That would be so stupid. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I think I, I just wasn't giving the giving the writers enough credit. I well, think. I'm worried um, that could be the case, though. That's the problem yeah, is I'm worried it could go either way. I think it's also on this time that I think I uh, I think I made a note where it's like, I don't like that the lesson seems to be that having no privacy is a good thing because I think it's because this is obviously this is before the resolution. But I feel like 
this the, you're starting to get points like especially because of the dream sequences where spider-man's just like oh man i shouldn't have got rid of my communicator i wish i wish dick fury was here i really made a mistake you know like where i'm mm-hmm. sort of like are they going where i think that they're going with this where spider-man's yeah. gonna like all the onus is gonna be spider-man having made the mistake by not wanting to have a camera in his bedroom like i mean I was, they might have, not be worried <laughs> they might have are i mean they might have accidentally included the the sort of counterpoint in the relationship between norman and ock yeah that's actually really but i don't know one because yeah, both. If, if part of mm. what if part of what uh drives doc ock to um eventually sort of reach his breaking point is norman literally not giving him any space any privacy any ability to be alone um, and is constantly exerting pressure and power over him it's not necessarily that doc ock is a villain because he's ugly or feels like he's broken or anything like that. You know what I mean? It could just be that Norman has driven him to, uh, to a place of, of this breaking point, which, you know, I wish the lesson on the other side were well, what you wanted. Cause then it would all support each other. Oh my God. What if there was a version of this episode that was better? That was about these two parallel stories of Spider-Man's uh, relationship with Nick and Otto's relationship with Norman and it did kind of land on a place where Spider-Man sort of sees how, you know, how Ock seems to be res- responding by, well, I don't know. I don't know. But, no, but I maybe they could be there. Paral- I, I don't know least, if it was. but They I, at least parallel it. And then the, the by the end, it's just sort of like, I don't know, man. I don't know if I like how this relationship is going. And then, you know, the powers that be swooped in. It's sort of like, we can't make S.H.I.E.L.D. look too bad, guys, because Nick Fury's in our movies and he's played by Samuel L. Jackson. And people really like him in those movies. So I think you can't make him be too bad. And so know. then they sort of shifted. And then it's like, actually, Nick Fury's great. It's possible. I just feel like it wouldn't have been that weird for the lesson to be like, hey, kids, it's weird to have people spy on you all the time. And I guess they do still, Spider-Man does still prevent a compromise. It's not like he, it, we will get, we'll get to the end. Yeah, yeah, let's, yeah. Let's, that's true. Let's okay, save that yeah. for the ending. We yeah, do have a conversation yeah. about that. Yeah. It's because it's, anyway. it's not all bad in the end. It's just like not yeah. what I wanted. It doesn't end where we feel like it should for yeah. it to yeah. succeed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, you talked about this, right? Doc Ock does respond to Norman and Spider-Man still has not gotten any clarification on who Ock has been referencing and now is talking to. I don't think he makes a comment here because again, for the most part, Spider-Man hasn't been mean. I think I'm, I'm, I am recalling one comment he made about like needing like a special straight jacket or something, but I think that's like the only thing he says. that's like kind of uh, not great, but he doesn't mm-hmm. say anything about him being crazy or anything like that. I think he just starts to look at Ock a little bit like, is something going on here? Um, and then just continues to like prod at who is this guy? Who is he? Like, give me some clarity. Like what's going on? What's going on with you? Um, and this just keeps Doc Ock pissed and sloppy um, and gives Spidey the chance to try different computers and different pieces of equipment, try to call out because like you said, he doesn't have his little watch to call shield. Um, and as he's searching, I thought this was fun. As he's searching, he ends up seeing like a window or a monitor or something that clarifies that the lab they are in is underwater, baby, <laughs> which we didn't know before. I don't think, right? No, we definitely didn't. We didn't not. know this was like a version of Otto's underwater uh, master planner lab or whatever. Very cool. <laughs> yeah. Which and it's so fun too, because that makes Otto even more like isolated, you know, that he's that's like, horrible. Yeah. That's that, like, so horrible. Cause, cause I mean, it's possible that it was his choice, but I think it's more like Norman stuck him in this lab. (laughs) I think he was stuck in this lab. I also think it is fully, fully, not even just likely, but probable that like 
Otto Octavius was in an incredibly vulnerable place that Norman Osborn can absolutely take advantage of mm-hmm. um, and and ends up just exacerbating and then I think creating this version of Otto who um, maybe is convinced that he only belongs or deserves to be in this lab under the sea, you know? Yep. Or under the <laughs> river, whatever. Under the sea. <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited when I saw it was underwater. It didn't go exactly where I thought, which is fine, sure. but I was so excited. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's cool. And underwater bases are cool as hell, dude. Yeah. yeah. And it's a direct reference to good stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, They, they you know, they, they, they get into a little bit of a tussle again, as they do. Spidey's able to tie up Ock very briefly. Enough time to poke around a computer and learn that Ock's been observing him for a very long time, uh, which another instance of like a surveillance situation, mm-hmm. right? Like everybody's fucking s- surveilling Spider-Man. What is, why can't anyone stop putting cameras around me? God damn yeah. it. Uh, which I appreciate that, that, that symmetry in the story. That's a good point. Um, but Otto breaks free and continues to fight. And he remarks, everything I am, everything I've become requires that you be put down like a sick pet. And then he says, I want to know it makes you tick. And that requires you to perish. Fucking hell. This guy has really got some stuff to work through. Here's the thing. This is fucked up. Absolutely. Uh Uh-huh. It could just exist to be fucked up dialogue. It also, if they are doing a really good job and doing this character justice, could be insight into more of that, like, I'm not doing this because I hate you. I'm not doing this because I want to kill a teenager. I'm not even doing this because I care about Spider-Man. I need this. <laughs> like, I'm just doing this because I need to get out from underneath Norman Osborn's thumb. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a really good. I mean, I I'm think that hoping that makes, that's what it is. Sense. I mean, but they, they, I mean, they have so, so, so hammered in how much his whole life right now is like just in relation to how much power Norman Osborn has right. over him. So I think, yeah, I think you're want to read this as desperation and not cruelty. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's like desperation that leads him to cruelty if that for makes sure sense. for sure like yeah, yeah, i could yeah. be it see, he's I could saying see it horrible being like, shit i could see it being a thing where his his desperation leads him to the to this dark point and then eventually he will be free of norman but because he's like been plunged to those depth that those depths of desperation and cruelty that still ends up being where he stays once he's out of it's just sort of like I don't know Well, I'm here now. I guess I'll just continue to try to kill Spider-Man just, <laughs> and I'll just do well, it by my own accord now. You know, like like once you're down there, it's hard to climb your way back. I don't out. even think it has to be. It could just be like I've been embarrassed by Spider-Man would work very well for a Doc Ock. Yeah, you know? for, for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I've been be- especially if he f- in any way, shape or form finds out that he's a teenager. Like oh, I've God, been bested yeah. by a teenager. Yeah, now I must yeah. kill him for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, well, Ock once again manages to grab Spidey, uh, but only by one arm. So Spider-Man tries webbing him again, but webbing him again. Uh, this time he aims for two cavities in Ock's chest that look like vents. Is what we were applying kind earlier, of. where it's like, is he some kind of like cybernetic person? I don't, I don't know. This don't caught know. me unclear. way off guard. It's unclear. Um, yeah, because it like causes Doc Doc's Doc Doc's Ock. What the hell? <laughs> Doc Ock's breathing uh, to become like labored. Like it's obviously a. It's not just like it. It is actively affecting his own breathing as if he like webbed up his like some lung devices yeah, to like. He's gumming up the works. Yeah, yeah. So like he, this dude has to be some kind of part cyborg, um, and Ock falls to the ground. 
And Norman, of course, is still in his ear, insists like, Otto, you failed. I'm going to fire you and uh, or I'm firing you now. And then sets off a self-destruct sequence in the underwater lab. What a piece of shit. Like, yep. Jesus Christ. Like, time also, going zero to 60, man. I mean, it also drives home the point that like Norman Osborn didn't care that Otto wanted to blow up a school. He just cared that Harry was there. <laughs> Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> or that he yeah. could be connected to that in some way. Because he hesitates That's a really good point. not at all to blow this lab up with at least two people in it. I mean, only two people in it, but he knows there are two people in it. <laughs> no, that's that is a really good point. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Norman also like has literally one boundary, and that's his son, and that is it. <laughs> yep, that is all. <laughs> and even that is maybe kind of tenuous. So, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, yeah, that's a good point. In the wake of this explosion, and with Doc Ock mostly out of commission, Spider-Man is finally able to hack a computer to call out to Fury. And he's, you know, he even does his whole, like, I, I know, I know, like, I'm sorry, I know I told you not to bother me, but I really need you. Um, and he tells him kind of where he is. He's like, I'm underwater, I don't know, track me or something. And Fury learns that the lab is 100 feet under the East River, which is baffling to him. He doesn't understand how they're yeah. even down there. I, 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 I do like that exchange a lot. Like, Fury is like so befuddled by yeah. that. And Spider-Man's just like, look, it doesn't matter. Okay, I'll explain later. Just like, right. come on. <laughs> I'm here and I need help. Who cares how I got down here? I don't know. <laughs> but they can't even finish their conversation, really, because somehow Ock gains his bearings and just smashes the computer console there is um, a lot of like spider-man like temporarily taking out ock doing something then ock showing yeah. up in the background and taking him out again like they do that a lot in this episode i it's it's amazing because as some i mean i i love watching a doc ock fight you could have 22 straight minutes of just them fighting and i'd be entertained so i love it i don't know if it is a lot for people oh, sure. but i think it's great yeah that's um, fine and i feel like it's a fun back and forth where like both of them get um, sort of an edge on each other at different points, right? And I think mm-hmm. that's nice. And I think throughout the whole fight, Doc Ock is still considered more formidable, I would argue. Like, Spidey almost has to do dirty things to have any sort of advantage. I mean, I don't think Spider-Man's... I don't even know if he knew what he was doing, but I don't think he's typically trying to, like, suffocate somebody to best them, unless it is dire, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Anyway, computer's smashed, so we can't talk to Fury anymore. The the base or this lab continues to to you know self destruct or close in on itself um, and everything starts to flood. So familiar situation <laughs> stuck mm-hmm. underwater with Doc Ock flooding lab. <laughs> yup, yup, yup. If this be my destiny, I know I was waiting for something to fall know, on right? him. The only problem is like you don't have that piece, right? You don't have Mary Jane. Oh, yeah. You don't have Aunt May. Would- you don't have somebody down there. Yeah. It would not. It would. It would. It would it wouldn't not work. work if they tried to do. It would just be. A, this show's a, not there a, yet. It would just be an annoying reference if they yeah, made that now. For sure. So I'm glad they do what they do. Yeah. Um. You know. Despite all of this, Doc Ock continues to attack relentlessly, even as the lab is flooding. Um. And he continues to do it until it's like flooded to the ceiling. Fortunately, one of the walls to crack open, so there is like an escape. Uh. And as Spider-Man tries to move to that opening, uh, Doc Ock loosens his grip on Spidey and begins to sink. Ugh, all that equipment. Yeah. Those yeah. arms are heavy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and despite Doc Ock blatantly trying to kill him many, many times up until the end, Spider-Man is still Spider-Man, so he's like, I gotta save this guy. I can't let him just die down here. Um, but he actually fails at doing that and like 
throws Doc Ock kind of out of the opening, but then sinks himself. Like, I wasn't expecting that to be what happened, but that's what happened. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I figured he'd either try to save Ock and fail at saving Ock, um, or he'd just get them both out. Like, I thought those mm-hmm. were the only two options here. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, back at S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, Spider-Man wakes up to Nick Fury by his side. Fury explained that, you know, they arrived, they saved him. And when they arrived, they found Spider-Man, no trace of Doc Ock. The whole lab was like totally exploded. No useful remnants, nothing that they can use to gain more information. Nothing they can use to track Ock or whatever. He might be lying. I don't know. With this show, they're probably, probably not. I think you're I don't think he is. Value. Cause they specifically said whoever, whoever blew that place up made sure there was no trace. Sure. And that's yeah. a, I feel like that's a Norman thing in any scenario. And in this show, that's usually at face value. It's definitely the case. I would say. Good point. Good point. Yeah. Um, and Dr. Connors, who we haven't seen since like what, the first <laughs> okay. episode. Yeah. Random. It's like, so by weird. the way, Dr. Connors was pleased that you managed to hang on to one of Ox severed claws. Spider-Man's like, who's the hell is Dr. Connors? What are you talking about? <laughs> right. Oh, that guy. Okay. Oh, the guy who gave me the bike. Yeah. Yeah. He's cool. <laughs> yeah. The guy that he made that like awkward reference about his, awkward. his arm that one time. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Um, this is the shit that I hate. And I think that even before this, they've they'd already alluded to it. I think when, yeah. when Spider-Man first calls Nick Fury for He's help, like apologizing. I think he was like, I'm sorry. I was wrong. You, I, I was wrong. I, I, you were uh, no Fury. Like you were not wrong. Oh my God. I'm just fucking mangling it. Basically it was saying like, I was wrong for wanting to take me time, which like, I'm sorry. Like flat out before we even talk about anything else. It's- like, you're fucking entitled to your work-life balance, dude. Are you kidding me? Right. But even in the context of a superhero show, right, where, like, that is, you know, that the line ends up being weird, um, I still think you could have him say, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have like, th- thrown away my watch or what. Like, I shouldn't, like, there's a way for him to be like, I get it. I get it. You're going to say something without him, like, groveling at Nick Fury's feet and admitting that, like, being surveilled was yeah. good. You know yeah, what I there's mean? like a true compromise that they could have had, not the sort of like half ass compromise at the end of this. Especially a if tr- they just had him say something stupid or whatever. Like have him apologize for something that isn't wanting space or autonomy. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it's like, no, dude, you're like 100% right though. I don't understand. Like, I don't understand that that's where they landed. Like, I understand that like you can't break the status quo. You have to still have Spider-Man working with shields. So you have to like repair the conflict by the end of this. I understand by the rules of TV, you have to find some way to do it. But why is there a way to do it? Just to say that like everything that Spider-Man was complaining about, which is the very basic need to have time alone for himself for once ever, like, and that's the lesson that's sort of like, nope, no, 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 no. Those boundaries, kids, they're bad. If someone, if you're feeling exhausted and overworked, no, no, no. You guys got to keep working, man. If you feel like you need to take a break, absolutely not. You cannot do that. Like what, like what else am I supposed to take from this? You know? Yeah. It's annoying because you're right. There's so many ways they could have resolved it. There's a, there's a way the compromise could have still worked um, where there's still a discussion over like, um, like all they need is for him to be like, I still need my me time though. Like even something as direct as that, like would make such a big difference, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The other thing, and the other thing that's sort of like, you know, vacuum, it would be fine, but I think it rubs me the wrong way. Cause like Spider-Man apologizes then for failing to, you know, get him any information or stop Doc Ock or you know, capture Doc Ock or what have you. Right. Which I, I understand why he's doing that in that scenario. And then they have Fury being like, no, you did great kid. Like, 
in a way that I feel like, again, I feel like is like trying really hard to like endear you as the audience more to fury and present him as this just like really nice father figure for like giving Peter praise that he has like been withholding throughout this like entire show, you know? Um, it's silly cause he's never been that. And so it just right. comes across as like manipulative. It feels very manipulative that it's just like, you did great. Cause it's like, no, actually the whole fucking lab blew up. Like, what are you talking? <laughs> like, what are you talking at all? Like, and by F- Nick Fury's logic, I don't agree with it, but by Nick Fury's logic, it is Spider-Man's fault for waiting so long to be able to contact shield because he got rid of his watch, you know? So Nick Fury should still be pissed. They're yeah. trying to, I mean, I feel like they're doing a lot of work to retroactively like make Fury feel like a much more positive influence on Peter by being like, no, all along Fury would have been fine. He's just been a little hard on the kid to help give him teach moments it's like no you know what's no, weird he never too? has what are you talking about what's especially weird is they introduce another character who we haven't seen in so long into this scene who could have done that instead That's who could have been like you know what he's a hard ass but i see how he would like you know whatever there's yeah, a way you could have done it but dr connors isn't currently in the mcu movies uh so nick fury is so he has to look like a good guy in this cartoon <laughs> and a hero yeah. that you can buy toys of yeah 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 <laughs> like yeah and it's just i don't know like there's that angle to it right that it's sort right. of like clearly the show is trying to make fury make us love fury so then that way so then when spider-man has these entirely justifiable i need my space moments then it's just sort of like man fury is such a good guy for like letting spider-man you know letting spider-man off the hook with this and giving them the gift of this compromise right like isn't Spy- isn't fury being a good guy by like you know letting <laughs> letting being okay with spider-man uh you know uh, uh, have only a little tiny bit of surveillance at home he can have some surveillance at home for as a, as a little treat you know um <laughs> and spider-man's even like you know i'll ease up on my on my whole no contact me time thing you can still contact me i'll you know i might i might technically be be off i might technically be on my time off right now but you can still slack me i'll still check my email i'll still respond to the emails you know i won't be fully out of pocket i'll still be in touch i will still still kind of it's like it is all the like work-life balance shit that i that we have had so many conversations about in the real world it's like distilled here of like the worst lesson to take this is like the corporate boss (laughs) writing this down and just being like yes this is what the perfect employee would do would be uh no i actually think that you are right that i should not take time off and i should always be contactable and i bow down to you my corporate overlord for allowing me this like the smallest (laughs) smidgen of not being in the office but always being available to you at all times i a (sighs) hundred percent agree with you on all of that so i need that to be so clear furious that did not (laughs) it didn't cross my mind that hard (laughs) <laughs> but I do agree. It is the type of thing that we as a society need to be having a bigger conversation about. Um, and this absolutely represents that for sure. I do appreciate that Spider-Man is at least um, the one setting the terms, even if the compromise sucks. Um, and I like that his the surveillance situation, I think, is limited to you get one camera outside of the house. So there's yeah. at least that. Um, But ultimately, it does not end where I needed it to, which is I still need me time. That thing that I said I needed, I said I needed it because it's true and I need it. Yeah, like that was still an important 
factor in this. Right. I, I I could be okay with a compromise being like a camera on the outside because I can like there is I think that there's a very ra- like justifiable thing where it's just sort of like yeah if there's a villain battle outside of the house and we see it enter like that's already enough to that's send a shield, shield team to save on yeah. That's how they're going to get notified. Yeah, you you don't need it in their fucking bedrooms and bathrooms or whatever the fuck, you know. Right. Like, I think that that is a worthwhile compromise. And I, I see the value in that, you know. I'm I'm not very pro-surveillance, but I do see the value in, yeah, I'm with in, you. in that, you know. I think that that will be fine if – I think I think what, what really hampers is, like you said, is that it's that compromise while also Spider-Man just also being like, I'm sorry for saying any time off. Like, no, that was, that should have never been a question. Right. Like, that, that should have never, I can understand, like, the, if there was any, I think that at the bare minimum, there also should have been a compromise there where it's like, I will keep my watch on next time, but I am turning it off and I will only contact you if I need help. You can't contact me on me time. I or, think that that's a great compromise. Or my me time isn't contingent on, like, we'll just agree when my me time is it's not contingent on me stopping whirlwind yes yes <laughs> there's so many different ways I, and yeah. they, they just land on no me time like right. what the fuck dude i hate yeah. it so much it's bad it's yeah. bad because the real world ramifications are bad right like it's it is one of those situations where like i'm sure there are people who are like they're taking this real seriously but this is one of those instances where like this is such a innocent looking um sort of lesson that kids are then going to pick up right and that's bad yeah. like but the, but and the, so but many that, adults don't thing. even do a good job advocating for themselves when it comes to things like this um so it would be great to instill these types of things in kids where it's like these are my boundaries i need space for myself it's wrong for you to impose on my privacy like those yeah. would be great things to work into your show well <laughs> adults are so bad at advocating for themselves because i think you're trained from early childhood to just exactly. like, obey authority and not exactly. ever pro- and not ever put out any boundaries for yourself at all. Like we're trained for that and and it only gets worse the older you get and i think you know we'd live in a in a in a culture that's just dominated by corporations where they can just in, in, you know have these strict rules on their employees that you just have to obey no matter how unreasonable they are and it's like we only are at that point because you're trained from sh- childhood to like fully obey authority and like this show is is a part of that problem like yeah. in, this, in this episode like mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. it's so disappointing. Let it's the takeaway so be the oxide of the, but Peter and, and Otto both have shitty bosses. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Doc and Otto Ock- said, fuck my boss. Exactly. <laughs> fuck my boss. I quit. Um, I'm not taking your shit anymore. These are my, yeah. these are my totally reasonable demands. <laughs> yeah. And Peter, on the other hand said that actually maybe my boss isn't so bad and I should listen to everything. Right. He says. Like, yeah sucks sucks. (laughs) and it's like i know we're we're complaining even in the real world we were complaining about it but even the context of the show well no it makes sense no it makes sense character wise it's bad in the confines of the show because it doesn't follow up in a great way one as far as like how they set up what peter's frustration was in the beginning yeah um and two it just it's not a good ending to the episode oh jesus this last scene i was if i wasn't already furious the last scene, I was just like matter at, I mean, for this show, matter than I've ever been at this show 
more it's, furious it's, than I've been at, 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 I can't think, I'm sure that there's some episodes of the MTV show that left me furious too. <laughs> it's, it's up there with how furious I have been. It is, it is within the top five most why. furious I have ever been at any television show that we have watched for this podcast. Damn. Wow. I didn't have, I get why I totally understand why I didn't have a stronger reaction to it. But I, I think as I with- dealt, I think as I personally dealt with this type of stuff, no, 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 like I get it. working I get for it. places where, where boundaries were not clearly set. I get it. Like I'm that. just being transparent about what my reaction to it was. Yeah, so I want to sure. clarify, like I totally get where it's coming from. It's the type of thing where I knew exactly, I knew it was going to happen. I was like, I know exactly what the joke is because this show it, it like you you kind of just know where their jokes are going to be. So I was like, all right, now they're going to do a thing where like he said he was going to delete it within 24 hours. So he's clearly going to do something with it, which is probably why I didn't have such reaction because I was like, of course. And I was probably already tuned out by this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically what happens is Spider-Man is like, hey, remember you said you were going to leave that footage. You're going to do that, right? Nick Fury says, yeah, within 24 hours, it'll 24 hours, it will be deleted. And then they cut to Spider-Man's teammates watching all of the surveillance footage that Spider-Man did not know was being recorded uh, with Nick Fury. Uh, it's so gross. No, and without some of Spider-Man it, even being there, he's not even there. It's not like he can be there to like react or whatever. It is. Yeah, it is. It is just these people making fun of him behind his back in his most private moments. They, one of the, the videos they're watching is in the bathroom. Yeah, like it's fucked up. They have a fucking camera you, in the bathroom and they're like watching him in the bathroom. Of, yeah, if you take like. Three seconds to think about it. Not even. It's so fucked up. And Big brother. Nick Fury is an adult which, man watching a 16-year-old child in the yeah. bathroom. Like, sorry, jail. Go to fucking prison. <laughs> what the fuck, man? Big fucking Brother, creep. which is a show that is built on the concept of 24-7 surveillance that people agree to, by the way, um, which is not what's happening here. They don't even put cameras in the bathrooms. <laughs> it's the one place you don't have a camera. God. Well, the showers don't really have a camera either, obviously. But, like even the show where you consent to be filmed 24 seven doesn't do this. <laughs> it's wild. I hate it. I hate it so much. It's really bad. It's really bad. Um, one, because it's a really predictable joke that isn't that funny. Um, but two, because it only doubles down on the real world sort of um, implications and, and problems and it's takes like, it to just like the worst level. It is really the worst version of that joke that they could have done on a children's show. Like, yeah. you know, like I, I just like, like it is, it is not very far from just like they're laughing at a, a video of him masturbating. You know what I mean? Like it is just mm-hmm. like, I hate it so much. Yeah. Can't, it's bad. Can't. It's real bad. Not good. Uh, not good. My God. And that's how we end this fucking episode. <laughs> no. We end it with this great screen cap you found that has both eye stuff and tentacle stuff. Yeah. Look, I, I don't like what they were doing with the dreams and like their intent of it, but I do think that some of the uh, artwork in the dreams are fucking phenomenal. Well, um, that's the thing with the cutaways is sometimes I'm like, this cutaway was stupid or this cutaway was unnecessary, but like sometimes even in the stupid or unnecessary ones, the actual animation is very funny. Yeah, I mean, and there's a lot happening in this one screen grab because, I mean, I initially was going to grab it just because of the way that they have Nick Fury because basically they have him in the dream, like just eating scorpions because um, it's a dream. And yeah. they and they draw like this like gigantic cartoonish jagged mouth on an otherwise totally normal looking Nick Fury. That's like very funny. But then when I pulled it, I'm like, that's almost the least interesting part of this because because this is a dream, they double down on that. So like they're sitting in the forest and there's these like tentacles 
that are just like spewing out from out of frame. And then there's just a bunch of like floating red eyes that look like they're like cut out of a magazine. Yeah. Just floating around for no reason. And it's just, you know, meant to be like weird dream logic. If you love that. If you showed this screen grab to somebody and said this is from a Doc Ock centric episode of a Spider-Man show, <laughs> it would be the single most confusing thing they'd seen that week. For Absolutely. sure. For sure. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I think okay, I I do want to circle back a little bit yes. on final thoughts because I think please, the end please, of this episode fine. is really really horrible. But I don't think the end of the episode reflects on everything they do in the episode. I think sure. the the shield stuff, which we we talked plenty about, like that's bad. It just doesn't tie up well. They set it up well, but they just they fuck up the landing so hard. Mm-hmm. I think the auto stuff, because this is primarily an auto episode, um, I think that you know we we said it kind of early, so I want to reiterate it here at the end. I think. I like it contingent on how they stick this landing, right? So, like, depending on how this show justifies Otto Octavius becoming a villain, that's so huge. That's so huge in this because I like what they could be doing. It's just the high variance of it being very compelling versus massive fuck-up, huge ick, like super yikes uh, is pretty wide. (laughs) So yeah. I like the fighting stuff. I like that we finally get like I like the the Ock combat. I like that we finally get some sort of like not answers on his story, but like a fuller characterization. Like we actually get a characterization of Otto Octavius after seeing him like I don't know seven times to this point. Um, I like that too. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, this, ep- this episode definitely left me very intrigued for what's going to happen with Doc Ock next. And, you know, it can go in many different directions, but I'm definitely, I think I understand. Sl- I, maybe I don't, I don't, I mean, we don't understand much of anything. We don't get many details, but we at least can sort of like track a direction to look forward to one yeah. way or another, you know? Um, and I, I'm more excited about the Doc Ock stuff than I was before. Like before it was like anticipation of just like, can we, get to something with him and learn something and now it's just sort of like i kind of am getting at least like the vibe and potential stories that you could tell with him and potential roads to go down and things to explore and i very i am very excited to see that because i still don't really know exactly what they might do with him yeah i feel like it took us a really long time to get here but i feel like we are maybe or at least i am like at the point with this doc ock that i felt pretty early on with Otto Octavius in 2017 where I'm like, you could fuck this up, but also I'm really intrigued to see why you're making the decisions you're making. You know what I mean? I think we reached that at like episode two or three of that show. It just took us a dozen episodes to get it here. (laughs) For sure. For sure. Yeah. Intrigued. Mm -hmm. Get a haircut. I'm not opposed to long hair. I just don't like his. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, that stuff interesting. Uh, F minus to everything else. <laughs> F minus to everything else. Can't argue with that. Yep. <laughs> well, something you'll give an A plus to for sure uh, is our Patreon. 
because uh, it's great and we make great stuff over there. Never I such up for that. I such up for that, and you never once. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to find all that A plus content, you can do that at patreon.com slash walloping web snappers. Uh, and most of that uh, extra stuff, those bonus episodes, are available for just a dollar a month. Uh, which is pretty sweet, I would say. Also, check out our Discord. There should be a link in the show notes. You can tell us all about your Doc Ock feelings and opinions. I have so many feelings and so many opinions about Doc Ock. So I will always be down to talk about some Ock nonsense. Um, You also can, you know, chat Ock nonsense with either one of us all over the place. Derek, where can people find you on the internet? Sure. You can find me on Twitter at Derek B. Gale. You can also find my podcast Gimmicks, which looks at the high concept structure breaking experimental gimmick episodes of television uh, with a new sh- I almost fucked that up with a new show <laughs> and a new guest. Every time we have an episode, I'm still heated from that like work life balance shit. <laughs> Understandably so. You could, dude, you could you could keep all this said. Um, you can find that anywhere you get your podcasts and on Twitter and Instagram at Gimmicks Pod. What about you, Doug? You can find me on Twitter at IckyBooley, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E-Y. You can also listen to me on a podcast called Novel Gaming that I do with my friend Katie, where we catch up on all the books, video games, and other media we've been consuming lately. Uh, And you can listen to me on Victory Road. It's a Pokemon podcast here on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. If you like what we're doing here, you should check out our monthly podcast called Falling with Style. It's an ongoing Pixar movie marathon where Derek and I watched every Pixar film in chronological order. All those episodes are out now, including our full end of marathon retrospective. Um, And we will be doing another one once Elemental comes out. So uh, if you want to catch up or if you haven't listened to any of those or if you just want to re-listen to any of those, uh, you've still got a while before uh, Elemental... Uh, comes out and there's a new one you can find that anywhere you get your podcasts uh, you can also find that on our website at wallopingwebsnappers.com along with a full archive of every episode uh, we've recorded about spider-man and about pixar as well as these faces of the episodes they're sorted by series which is great um, and you can follow us on twitter instagram and facebook at walloping web pod you can also email us at walloping web snappers podcast at gmail.com and I always say, please rate, review, and subscribe on all podcast platforms because if you like what we're doing, somebody else will too and they just haven't found us yet and those ratings and reviews make us much easier to find. Next week, Spider-Man teams up with Doctor Strange. Who would have thought that had ever happened <laughs> in an episode called Strange? Ooh, sounds pretty yeah. odd. What? <laughs> oh. Doctor Odd. <laughs> Dr. Dr. Oddipus. (laughs) Bye. Bye.